0: Federal agencies are making the switch from paper to digital records. That's because after December 2022, the National Archives and Records Administration will only accept electronic permanent records. Archivists, though, might face a jumble of file formats. To make sure NARA can still open records years from now, the agency has released a digital preservation framework with digital record-keeping best practices. It covers more than 500 file formats. For more on the framework... Federal News Network's Jory Heckman spoke with NARA's Director of Digital Preservation, Leslie Johnston. We're authorized to start receiving records in the 1960s, and we took our first records in in 1970. And in 1970, what we were primarily receiving were data sets off of mainframe computers. So the realm of electronic records in 1970 was a much more limited set of files, formats, types of records that we were getting. You look at what we get now and we get every single possible type of record from word processing, spreadsheets, emails, to databases, GIS, video, audio, observational data. So we have a huge range of types of records that are produced in the daily work of federal agencies now. So while I often tell people that the work of preservation is much the same, it's looking at the records that you're receiving, doing a risk assessment like you would with paper or film or tape, and the deciding what actions to take to keep those records available to the public into the future. The main issue with electronic records that's different is that there is over a 50-year time period, such a wide range of Applications and operating systems and types of computers that have been used to create those records. So, obsolescence is actually the big issue for us. That, I mean, you know, think of your own work. You might have something that you created 10 years ago using an old version of Word or Excel, and you may or may not be able to open that file now because you have a different operating system, a different version of the software, and it's not backwards compatible with the older versions. So the real challenge for records, whether they're 50 years old or five years old, is doing a constant risk assessment on them and doing a refresh, not just of the media they're stored on, but the formats that they're stored in. And then doing an assessment of what sort of reformatting you can do that maintains as much of the content and the experience of working with that record or the fidelity of the transformation to keep those records available, not just for a couple of years, but for 25, 50, 100 years or the life of the republic into the future. So that's what a lot of our digital preservation work focuses on, is looking at risk And how do we keep these records going? Well, forever. Yeah. And I imagine that's where the framework fits in for what you just said. Help me maybe unpack maybe some of the best practices or the guidance that this framework offers agencies. Well, I mean, we've been doing that actually for quite a while for agencies with something that we call our transfer guidance. The transfer guidance is guidance that we provide to the agencies that we work with and serve. And it gives them some guidelines for what sorts of file formats are the most sustainable into the future, which means they're tied to more types of software that can both create them and render or view them but also that have open standards that are well-documented, that are well-supported and used so that we know that we have a much better chance of preserving them and keeping them accessible into the future. So what the framework adds to that is A really in depth analysis of over 500 individual variants of file formats because there's not just one type of PDF. There's been PDF 1 through PDF 1.7 and PDF A for archiving, PDF E for engineering. So there are a lot of variants, and it analyzes the sustainability of the variant versions of those formats and provides some guidance based on our current decision-making and our current capabilities for how we would treat those formats in our own holdings that we hope can help not only federal agencies that are managing these formats as records, but other organizations and cultural history institutions internationally with their own management goals. Changing gears here a little bit, I know that a lot has gone into crafting this framework, and just last year, NARA did receive dozens of comments on just the idea of, of this framework. Give me an idea of some of the highlights of those comments and and how do those comments shape the framework into its current form? A lot of the work that we have been doing has been based on what we already have in our holdings, so one of the areas of comment and feedback that we were looking for was. What other formats are you working with now that may not have been transferred to us yet and that we should start looking at in terms of risk in the future? So we absolutely received comments about formats that agencies or other organizations or even individuals, because the comments we got were from agencies, other cultural institutions and the general public that we should be looking at in terms of risk. So um, things having to do with statistical data sets, things having to do with new types of databases, NoSQL databases or just SQL statements, things having to do with electronic publications and eBooks like EPUB or Mobi. So it was really, you know, opening up to a larger picture of formats than what we had already received. And while we're on the topic of technology, what role does emerging technology play in all of this? Well, I mean, I'll say for the National Archives, we do operate our preservation repository in the cloud. We operate in the Amazon GovCloud. That's where we did our development and where we operate our repository, as well as operating our, uh, the nearer, uh catalog as well. So we are, you know, fans of some of the affordances that the cloud can give you, certainly for preservation, because one of the key aspects of preservation is maintaining multiple copies in multiple locations and one thing that the cloud allows for us is to make sure that we have several replicated copies in data centers across the United States and that's actually one of the points that I want to make about the cloud a lot of people will say well it's the cloud it's obviously great it's like well the cloud is just someone else's computer somewhere else So someone recently asked me about risks, and they said, well, you know, the risks to archival records used to be, you know, water and fire and, you know, insects, and what are the risks now? And I said, well, water and fire and insects, because it may be the cloud, but it's still a physical computer sitting somewhere in a data center, and the same physical risks are true for computing equipment as they are for anything else. So one of the reasons that we went to the cloud is because agencies are already working in the cloud. They have their own cloud services, whether it's Amazon or IBM or Microsoft, that's where they're working with their records. So one of the things that we are working on right now is the ability to transfer records from an agency's cloud location to our own cloud location that's still in development, it's not in production yet. But being able to work with the records where they are rather than constantly copying and moving the files reduces risk because every time you pick up a file and make a copy and move it somewhere, there's always more risk associated with it. Leslie Johnston, NARA's Director of Digital Preservation, speaking with Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. Check out Jory's story at federalnewsnetwork.com.